Hello and welcome to another episode of A Dose of Inspiration. If this is your first time joining us, I am so happy to have you here. My name is Renee Novello and I will be your guide. I wanted to just take a few minutes here at the top to just check in, say hello, see how you are feeling as we are moving through this last part of 2023. Can't believe that we are now on the downside of a whole year. I hope that you are getting some time to reflect and to sit with perhaps the things that have come up for you this year, what you have been through, what you have worked through, and how all that is settling before we get into the anticipation of a fresh start in the new year. So I wanted to welcome everyone. If you have not listened to the episodes here before, I'm so glad that you are here. I wanted to touch base on the intention for this podcast and a about that. I felt some things to share coming through and figured why not? We'll start there. So really the intention is through listening to my voice, to our guests, that you will be offered a dose of inspiration by hearing stories, hearing backstory of where people have come from and through and how they have grown and we hear from a variety of different souls who are somewhere on their path where they have one thing in common or a couple things in common. For example, they have overcome some challenges as we all have. And through that overcoming of a challenge, they have come to the other side of fulfilling an aspect of their soul purpose. So it isn't so much really about the specifics of that, although entertaining, and we can certainly identify and hear parts of ourselves within the pain of someone's struggle, within what they have overcome. But it is about us as a collective sharing in the energy of transformation And nothing to me is more inspiring than hearing stories of transformation. The word inspiration actually means in spirit, which is so cool. So when you're listening today, whether it's to our amazing guest Meredith, or you've gone back and listened to episodes previous, my intention for this is that this reflects something back to you, within you, that is coming to life. Maybe it's just a little tiny glimmer right now, but you know it's there. And once you know it's there, you cannot ignore. You're knowing, you know that you are here and you are meant to have impact, that you are meant to live life, that you are co-creating. So all episodes have that common thread. They are a nod to something on your path. And today's guest is a perfect example of that. Meredith Ewenson is the creator of a company that takes mindfulness outdoors. She is sharing with us today how this calling has stretched her to adventurous places and how she faced this nudge from spirit and how that came with the opportunity to overcome fear of the unknown and also the other side of a reward that is immensely gratifying. Meredith is the perfect person to help us all to feel safe and held as we expand and get outside into the actual elements whether that is just on a mindful walk around our block or whether you would consider joining her on one of her larger adventure retreats. She is someone that allows you to move through something that is stretching you in these elements. And through that, we talk about how that engaging of the mental grit that goes with coming on a a bigger adventure how there is an everlasting benefit to that. 
So settle in, get cozy, and enjoy this expansive conversation with my friend, Meredith. Hi, Meredith. Thank you for being here today. So good to see you. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be in your space. I It's been a few years since we've connected, and I have been watching, observing, and, and totally into your new company and the way that, that you are yeah, showing up with your work in the world. So I'm really excited to introduce the listeners to you. Thanks so much. I'm excited to chat. And I'm, like I said, open to chat about kind of any of the facets. I know, um, I think both of us are people who really embrace the journey of things. And I think mm -hmm. that is really where a lot of my work is rooted, um, which is why it has not necessarily had a linear path. And I think that is very much purposeful and very much the point. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like is a little bit of a microcosm of like, what I do and why I do it is like, because of what I do is focused and rooted in nature. There mm. isn't just like a linear path. There isn't oh just gosh. like a step A through Z. Um, so it takes, a, I just got like chills a little bit. It takes a lot of trust and using your intuition and patience. And I'm here for that journey, you know? So I'm excited for this conversation. I love it. I love that. That is a great starting off point. And tell us, uh, tell us about your company. Tell us about what you are, you're, you're doing right now. Sure. So essentially what I do is I help people connect with nature and that can happen in a lot of facets and a lot of ways. Um, I'm a very multi-passionate person. I think every, not, I think I know everything that I do is rooted in curiosity hmm following my curiosity. And when I have moments of inspiration and joy and passion within that curiosity, I go down that road, even if sometimes there's multiple roads. So to be like a little more grounded in this, I teach yoga. And specifically right now I've been focusing on teaching outdoor yoga. Mm. I like people to be connected with their senses. Um, and I've moved more in that direction with my yoga and meditation teaching, but primarily my main focus is helping people connect through nature, just through things like walking meditations. I have a free walking meditation that people can download and use and take out into nature. If they're the type of person that's like, I want to feel more grounded, whatever that means, or I feel, I know I feel a little uh, chaotic or stressed and I just need a pause and a break, mm -hmm. but sitting still in a meditation might not feel interesting, accessible to me. Um, I love the balance of movement with your senses mm -hmm. and with nature. And really that's where a lot of like this phase and evolution of my business began was when I felt that way. Mm -hmm. I had a moment sitting in front of my computer. It was probably, probably like five years ago now. It was a few years before pandemic time. Um, and I just felt like really stressed and really kind of burnt out. I loved what I did, but I wasn't feeling fueled personally. And something in me said, like, go outside. You got to get up and you got to go outside. And so what I did was I literally shut my computer. I went to a place where I had been to a nature walk before, which is a place I go to very regularly these days. My favorite place um, in Rhode Island is called Statuist mm. Wildlife Refuge for anyone who might be in the area. Um, and I went for a walk. And it was during that walk that I literally felt the pressure and the heaviness and just all of the like mental chatter begin to melt away as I was walking and moving and just looking and using my senses and connecting with nature on this walk. It, it really wasn't intentionally meant to be that way. I just knew I needed to get outside. And what happened was nature fueled me by letting me release all that I did not need to have at that time. And be use that time in nature to feel grounded and fueled mm -hmm. and inspired. And so I literally had like a light bulb moment that was like, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is it. It's, it's doing whatever it is that inspires you and you love, but allowing nature to be a guide for you in that process. And for me, it's the primary guide and I guide people to be guided by nature, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, but I definitely think everybody could use more nature in their life. Yes. And I 
also am a big advocate for enjoying it and exploring it in simple ways, in really accessible ways near wherever you live, even if you're a city dweller, which I grew up in a big city. Um, so I get that or more immersive, challenging type adventures. Like I love to go hiking and go on hiking trips and camping trips and those types of like, you know, sometimes purposely challenging Mm -hmm. experiences because there's so much to learn from nature. And with that, like you learn so much about yourself and you're so, and ultimately this all comes back to being more grounded and connected to your own self. Nature's just a really beautiful, uh, easy way to get there. And it's somewhere that's been lost for a lot of us along the way, just, you know, the way our modern society has moved forward. So, um, yeah, I love so much. So what I had a question that came to mind because I have felt this myself is, and are you seeing this or did you experience this? And are you seeing this with the people that you work with is that I know I'm going to feel better if I get outside. I know that if I go for the walk, if I put my feet in the grass or whatever it is, you know, sit in the park, I know that I will get a benefit, but there's resistance. And there's the mm-hmm. sense of like almost internal struggle of, I'm going to miss something. I'm not going to be working. Do you feel like people have that resistance? Have you, did you have that resistance? 100% for myself and for others. And there's two things that I always share when that question comes up, because it comes up a lot. One is for me, I had to at first schedule it into my calendar. I Mm -hmm. literally created what I called nature office hours because awesome. I needed at that time to kind of trick my brain into it being like a productive work time, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was the mindset and the mentality I, I was in at the time was everything had to be productive in that way. So I literally would add, look at my calendar for the week and say, okay. And I started with every single Friday at 8.30 a.m. I would go to Satuous, this place that I like to walk. And every single week, no matter rain, shine, snow, and it was like almost maybe it was actually more than a year. I think I only missed maybe a handful of days because I was out of town. I would go every single Friday for this, what I called regrounding walk. And it was my way of regrounding my energy and my body into nature so that I could show up as my fullest, most creative, most productive self in the week moving forward. And then I would maybe schedule in a, you know, a 2 p.m. walk or something, which, oh, 2 p.m. That's right. the middle of the day. What are you doing going on a walk in the middle of the day? You know, that's like blasphemy for some yeah. people. But when you schedule it in, um, it, it really makes it more approachable. So a lot of people do say, I don't have, you know, mm-hmm. they have the guilt, first of all, the guilt of taking time to do something for themselves that feels like not productive, et cetera. Um, so I would encourage you to like schedule it into your week. It's a lot easier to commit to something when you've scheduled it like a week in advance versus just like, I'm in the middle of something, but I should go walk. Right. Don't do it then schedule it for the future for a couple days ahead of time. Um, and so that kind of makes it more of a routine. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is, is scheduling your nature office hours. If that's what you need to do. The second thing is I often hear from people, oh, I don't have a lot of nature near me. I don't have the ocean like you have, or I don't have X, Y, Z. And listen, I understand that because I have FOMO for other beautiful natural places in the world that are not Mm -hmm. near me either. I love the mountains. I actually, I live on an island surrounded by the ocean. I love the ocean. It's beautiful. And I make the most of it. And I still desire to be in other places too. So I understand what I would say to that is there is so much to enjoy within probably a hundred feet of your own house. And I don't care where you live. You it's when you can really find joy and beauty and connection and grounding in the simple things like a dandelion growing between the, the concrete and the sidewalk. It's when you are acutely aware of those types of those elements of nature that to me, honestly, that is no different than like sitting at the beach and watching the sunrise. You can get the benefit of connecting with nature, no matter how epic or perfect or whatever remote the nature is. Um, 
there's, there's a little practice that I share sometimes that I call the pigeon on the power line. And it's, I don't know, it just came to me one day and I started doing it. And this is a way to kind of help yourself develop that connection to nature wherever you are, specifically if you're not somewhere that screams nature. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're outside, when you walk outside your house, you're getting in your car, you're doing errands, whatever, generally, for the most part, wherever you are, there's probably like power lines somewhere. And if there aren't, maybe use a fence or something like that. Um, And every time you notice a pigeon sitting on a power line or a bird of any kind, whatever, pause, notice it, appreciate it, take a deep breath. And that is a moment of connection to nature, to yourself and grounding that's going to support your nervous system. It's going to make you feel more connected to nature. It's going to open up your awareness of gratitude and connection to other things in your life beyond just that experience. And it's these little tiny micro moments with nature that really compound over time and teach us to have those moments of appreciation, even when things aren't picture perfect, because guess what? They're not most of the time, you know? So next time you're outside, look up, notice a pigeon on a power line and just pause, feel your feet in the ground, take a deep breath. It doesn't have to take more than three seconds and then go about your day and see how that might shift and see how you might begin to do more of that over time and how that begins to really shift things in a big way. That's awesome. I actually saw something the other day that I had never heard of. And, you know, part of the cool thing about social media is, you you know, you do get exposed to so much that is like insightful or different. And I, I saw a really beautiful reel that was referring to the art of noticing. I don't know if that's actually like an actual thing thing or if someone just made it up, but that's exactly speaking to what you're saying. And when I saw it, it struck me because it was like, yeah, it's like, that's so simple and so profound. And we can notice, you know, in, in the moment, like you were saying something in nature that we can have our, our sight on and be able to take a deep breath in that moment and not, it doesn't take us out of necessarily like life happening, but how powerful that was. And I really liked that. I thought that was interesting nod to what you were just explaining. It's like the art of noticing. So pigeon on the power line. I got it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, do it. And it's it's, so good. And that art of noticing, if you want to call it is um, it's really, yeah, it's just a way to like strengthen your connection muscle with the world around you, with yourself, And I mean, you know, as a spiritual person, the more you feel connected, the more you feel gratitude, the more gratitude you feel, the more that radiates out into, you know, not just your own personal experience and and life and world, but the way you interact with others and then perhaps the way they interact with others. So it's really like there's a ripple effect that Mm -hmm. happens. Um, I often refer to this as like mindfulness in the outdoors Mm -hmm. is like just teaching people Um, and it's not even like, in some ways it's not even teaching people. It's like reminding people Mm. it's like shining the light on like here, here's a moment that you're already having. And here's how you can amplify it in a way that's going to benefit your life that then will benefit lives of others and others and others. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, there's such a ripple effect that comes to grounding and connection and, and especially with nature because it's everywhere. Yes. And it's such an antidote to the constant influx of technology because that disrupts. I was just listening to something this weekend about how that disrupts our connection to the frequency of the earth and the entrainment that we have, that natural rhythm of us as a vibrating being, the earth as a vibrating being. And when we're constantly on technology, it's basically creating like a static or disruption. And so even though, you know, we were kind of speaking to like, oh, this could be considered something that's not necessary. I kind of feel like we're in the time of the world where it is necessary actually to our well-being to have that be present and in, in to seek that out is that that reconnection back down to help counter all the constant, you know, frequencies that are not natural, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how it started. That's how it started for me. You yeah. know, all of all of this practice that's sort of like has been revealed to me or developed or whatever, been inspired in some way has all been through being that same person with those same thoughts and those questions that you asked me. Um, but 
perhaps I just, I don't know, listened a little closer or became a little more curious. Um, and I'm definitely someone who like is patient enough to move with the breadcrumbs of things, you know, because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it's easy, especially in like our modern world where things happen so quick and we can get the full thing that we want right away immediately. Um, there is like a lost art in developing certain connections to things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, that's something that I find very interesting and fascinating and yeah, I, I just love there is it's an endless practice um, mm-hmm. connecting with nature and just seeing and experiencing like what's revealed to you by just simply placing yourself in its presence and being open to being connected with it. Absolutely. And I love that you have a walking meditation because I can remember going looking for one not that long ago, and I really didn't find one I liked. Um, And, you know, that is such a, I I like how you explained it, that it's something that you can listen to that gives you something to focus on instead of just, you know, kind of wandering aimlessly or being distracted by, you know, your, your phone or whatever. Um, So definitely, definitely we'll at the end tell people how to get that. Cause I think that having something to listen to that's meditative while you're walking is a whole different experience than and and so valuable too cuz i agree i don't always want to sit still and meditate and you know sometimes that can be really like hard for a lot of people myself included and just to be able to walk and move your body and feel your breath and you know have something to listen to i think is a huge benefit for people Um, I wanted to ask you when you were little, do you feel like this was a part of, you know, what lit you up as a child or is this kind of something you've gravitated towards later in life? Were you a big, like a little kid out in nature playing or. So such a good question. And this question fascinates me too, because this is something that I have thought a lot about and I'm sort of learning about and asking myself as well. So I grew up in downtown Chicago. I grew up in a big city with a city family who grew up in the city. Like my parents, when I say I'm going camping, like my dad's like, like thinks I'm in a homeless shelter. Like he's like, like asking me if like there's people without homes that are around me. And I'm like, (laughs) no, it's camping like nature. Like he's a city person through and through. I love that dad. So that's, that's a good um, point. So we would, yeah. Like they don't, they aren't, um, nature people. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, a lot of people who are very connected with nature and do a lot with the outdoors, they usually say, Oh, well, my parents taught me to do this or that. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case for me. And I think that is maybe why, when I sort of started to have some of these light bulb moments, as I was growing up, I was like, this feels like such a world that I have not been a part of. And I'm so curious and so interested. And I feel so like deeply impacted by it because it wasn't something that I sort of took for granted, honestly. Um, It wasn't something I really had experienced. And like we would, you know, we had a house in Michigan we would go to and I'd like maybe play with like bugs or whatever, like a little bit, kind of like whatever, any other kid. But um, I definitely didn't grow up in a nature outdoorsy family of any kind. And it's sort of been my own self-exploration, to be honest. And perhaps that's why it's made such a big impact, as I mentioned, is it's just like the obviousness of the stark contrast Mm. from like where I grew up to where I am now is so clear. And that being said, like I always have very much been an animal lover and super Mm. connected with animals ever since I was little. Um, where I grew up and where my parents still live is pretty much across the street from the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I and we also had like a pet store down the street. I would go to the pet store every day. I'd ask to help clean the cages and pet the animals and like all of that. I would go to the zoo and like, and I still go there and like look That's at awesome. the coyotes and the bears and stuff. And like, I, you know, I get it like pet stores and zoos, like there's, you know, those aren't always positive, but but that was what I, that was my experience. Like that, that was the beginning of nature and connection to like animals for me, mm-hmm. which is a big part of why I love being outdoors is to experience 
and connect with and like see what type of wildlife I might find. Like that is a huge part of why I love to be outdoors too. So, um, yeah, so it's sort of something I'm unraveling that same question for myself a little bit. And every once in a while, I kind of think about it, but yeah, I, I, I did not grow up with a lot of like nature outdoor yeah. in my background. It just sort of developed over time. And it's fascinating to me because from my perspective as an you know outside person looking in, you're so confident. You're so confident out there. I'm like, oh, where's she going now? Oh, look at her. She's by herself. I'm like, wow, like that's amazing and brave at the same time. I mean, did you have to overcome some fear and resistance or did you, did you just kind of be like, no, I got this. I know it. If I know what's could- up. If you could hear the conversations with my therapist, literally like <laughs> our, our, uh, so many of our conversations have revolved around like my fear of the unknown in the outdoors and really, that, you know, my, yes, a hundred percent. And I, I mean, sure bravery or whatever is part of it, but it's, so I think about it this way. There's something I want to experience and maybe I've experienced a version of that in a very small, um, kind of that first breadcrumb type of way. I went on that nature walk and I saw a flower or a deer or something. There was something exceptional about that experience. And the natural thing for me anyway, is like, I'd like more of that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to expand that. I'd like that to be bigger. I'd like that to be for a longer period of time. I'd like that to be even more remote feeling. Um, so I can have, you know, more of a unique connection in that way. And so honestly, it's like the more I have experienced nature, the more I want to experience more of it. And what happens then is you have to go places you haven't been before. You have to, um, stretch your, your fear muscle (laughs) into doing something that might feel a little bit scary. And I see it as like, there there is something I want to experience. I desire that experience because I know how I'm going to feel mm-hmm. in that experience or at least one fraction of how I'm going to feel. Like fear is a is a part of that pie of emotion, right? So, okay, let me use an yeah. example. I went on my first like solo hike in New Hampshire a couple years ago. And I've done, and actually I could even use an example with like a solo hike in Rhode Island, which is like mm-hmm. a very safe place. If you were to get lost, you could just keep walking. You'd get to a road. There aren't bears. There aren't moose. There aren't, you know, there's, there's nothing that's like, there's no wildlife that is a threat of any kind. Mm-hmm. But I went on my first solo hike in New Hampshire, which New Hampshire is a place I love to go to. Um, and it's in, and that was very daunting for me for a couple of reasons. One, I wasn't as familiar with the area. Two, there are bears, there are moose, there are potential uh, wildlife dangers like that. And three, you there's a little bit of elevation. You can't always just walk back to the road on a flat road. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I was to get hurt? Um, so when I was planning to do that, the reason why I wanted to do that was because I knew the feeling I would feel with the fear was like, a deep connection, excitement, joy. Um, I knew I would just really love being able to have that experience. But with that comes fear too. Like you can't have one and not the other. So um, so it definitely took a lot of like logistical planning. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to bring bear spray. I'm going to look at the map app and know exactly what this route looks like and how difficult it is, et cetera. Like, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes, that is involved that is in order to help lessen some of that fear. But the fear is always going to be there because whenever there's unknown, which is really what I think it comes down to, Mm. there's always going to be fear, whether it's fear of starting a new job, there's the unknown of, you know, am I going to like it? Are people going to like me? Am I going to excel? going on a hike by yourself in New Hampshire, there's the fear of, am I going to run into a bear? Am I going to know what to do? Am I going to get lost? You know, all of those sorts of things. So for me, when it comes to doing adventurous outdoorsy things, it always first comes from a place of like, I want to experience that because the feeling I will have while I'm there and afterwards is more worth 
the effort is more is worth it beyond just stopping myself from fear. Um, and I don't know if that's the case for everybody. Some people might be like, I'm fine with that. I don't know that I'll feel that way. Well, then that's not for you. Um, but for me, there's just so many like life lessons that are wrapped up in that. There's just, you know, it's almost its own spiritual meditative type practice to be able to um, be with yourself in moments mm-hmm. of challenge and having to dig into a place of like perseverance and grit in order to achieve something. So um, I would not say I am always or have always been confident, definitely not fearless. And in fact, I feel like I'm quite fearful. I just have the desire to do it despite that. And because I feel like I have such a strategic, logical brain, I got a lot of Capricorn. um, I sort of like use that ability to take as much fear away as I can and then move forward anyway, knowing that like my heart, my body and soul just needs to have that experience. That is a beautiful explanation. And so many things that you mentioned resonated. I am often, yeah, I'm often faced with that sense of, and, you know, anticipation, fear, anxiety, that kind of thing. But you know, once you're there and you're in it, that you can trust that the unfolding will be okay. And no matter what happens, you can handle it and you are supported, right? All those kinds of things. And I love what you said about that in of itself as its own kind of spiritual practice, because I absolutely agree. And the way that you are now leading people and helping them to have these really cool other, I mean, otherworldly experiences like going to Iceland and I saw you're going to Peru. I'm like, that is fascinating. I mean, are you where I, obviously those places were on your list, but tell us about like, yeah, what are you excited about or what happened in maybe Iceland that was like really a highlight. And then tell us what you're excited about, you know, in the future of, of where you are going. Yeah. So I feel like speaking to the beginning of this conversation with like breadcrumbs and natural progression of a journey, like for me, it started with myself, my own personal experience, my own awakening or light bulb or whatever you want to call it. Um, and being someone who naturally has always been the person that's going to share my experience because that connection with other people mm-hmm. and bringing a lot people along with that and helping them alongside them experience something similar is just like, I'm just always been that person. Like if I've experienced something, whether it's like, oh, I love this pair of shoes and I think everyone else should have these same shoes. Or I've had this incredible awakening with nature and I really would love you to have it too. Like I'm just someone who's always going to share that. So where it started for me and then kind of just sharing my own journey, it sort of then grew into like, well, how can I bring people along for this? Because I would love more women specifically, everyone though, to have that same feeling of like doing something that might be a little bit challenging or scary, Mm -hmm. but you just have the the desire so much to experience it that you're willing to go through that and have that experience. And it's not until after you have that experience that you're like, wow, like there's a reason things are challenging. There's a reason you need to call on the perseverance that you have from somewhere else deep within you in order to, for instance, do a 16 mile hike in Iceland in the rain and the wind, you know, Um, not to say like my intention is for every hike or trip or anything to be like hard. Like that's not the point. The point is that you just can't predict everything. You can't create a perfect scenario with anything. Nature is the first one to show you that. Um, so uh, a couple weeks ago, I just got back from a group hiking trip in Iceland. We did the Luigavagr Trail, which is in the Highlands. It's about 45 miles. We ended up doing about 50 miles. Oh, sorry, it's 36 miles. We did about closer to 50 miles total. Wow. Um, and it was one of those experiences where I was like, this is a place I'm called to, I desire to go there. I don't necessarily know why. I just feel like I have a connection to it. 
And I would love to bring other people with me to experience that same thing and have them in their own way, whether they realize it or not, when they're signing up for the trip, that like they will be called to tap into that level of perseverance Mm -hmm. or grit or um, determination that they have, because, you know, that is inherently challenging to hike that many miles anywhere. So, um, so we just got back a couple of weeks ago. It was amazing. Uh, we had some challenging weather, but we persevered and, and we were, and I know that everyone on the other side is so proud of themselves and is so excited that they were able to do something that they didn't know if they were capable of doing. And that's really what it's all about for me is like helping people and showing people that they can do difficult things even if they weren't sure that they could. And that nature is really an amazing um, sort of framework for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, helps you teach, helps you learn a lot of lessons along the way. So um, it was amazing. I loved it. Iceland, I need to go back like a hundred million times. It's the cool. pictures were unbelievable. Everybody has to go look at your Instagram. We'll, we'll give it's, it at the end. It, it, it's yeah, so it's it's just I'm definitely one of those places that I desire to go to. I mean, it looks just otherworldly, and mm-hmm. I yeah. So the weather there was a little challenging. It was a little bit. It of was a, a little. It was a little challenging, which Iceland like is. You know, it can. Mm-hmm. They always say like you get all four seasons in a day, mm-hmm. and like it can go from sunshine to raining, like and back to sunshine in like a minute. So yeah, we had a couple days where it was like you know, not torrential rain, but like pretty steady rain and like pretty windy. Um, And we had some beautiful days and some beautiful Mm -hmm. moments and it's all beautiful. Like that's also something that I talk a lot about for anyone who might follow me already, or if you end up following me at some point, I, I always talk about how like, there is no bad weather. There is Mm -hmm. no like ugly nature. There is no there's no negative when it comes to like specific weather or times of year um, because there's always something to connect to and learn when it comes to nature. Like in the winter time, we are asked to slow down and yes. to look inward and to take more time and to maybe remove some things off of our, our plate, like the nature and the seasons and whatever we're given on a given day is such a mirror for something that we can, um, use as guidance. And so, yeah, when we were in Iceland, the weather was challenging at times. And that is also the beautiful part of it. I would not, not, I'm not saying I wouldn't want it to be perfectly sunny the whole time. Like that's fine too. Sure. But there's just different things that you learn, um, when you're handed different things. So yeah, it was awesome. I will definitely go back and, now have a another trip coming up Machu Picchu in May and part of um and I don't know that I'll always do it like this but something that I just personally love are doing um trips that are hut to hut so like not quite a backpacking trip you don't have to carry everything not but also not like a camping trip or like you're not staying at a hotel Mm -hmm you're immersed in nature because you're literally like going from point A to point B through the wilderness. But along the way where you're staying might be pretty rustic, but like you have a bed and a shelter. And okay. maybe like someone's like in Iceland, for instance, someone was driving our food and most of our stuff from each hut. Every oh, day. that's so smart. I yeah. like that. So we just, so we didn't, yeah. you know, so it's like a little high, low, you know, it's like yeah. we're getting out to nature, we're hiking, we're doing hard things and we don't need to completely rough it. Like <laughs> we can have someone, you know, bring us fresh food That's and smart. someone can help carry our luggage. So there was a driver with like a four by four vehicle that could drive through rivers and stuff like that. That's so he so was cool. able to bring us our stuff. Um, but similar in Machu Picchu, we'll be doing hut to hut to hut, doing this whole trail called the Salcante Trail. Um, which goes ends in at Machu Picchu. So I purposely do that in my own life and my own outdoor experiences, but also in some of these trips as well, because there is something to going into nature for like a prolonged period of time and not coming back into like Wi-Fi or right. being, you know, going on a day hike and coming back to like a city hotel. It's like, 
there's something that happens in your brain chemistry. There's something that shifts differently when you're out in nature for, for, you know, days at a time. Um, and yeah, sometimes that could be backpacking or something, you know, totally by yourself and self-sufficient, but I also appreciate when someone can help support the trip a little bit too. So, um, definitely. Cause I also think, um, not to interrupt, but I think like part of what I love about your, your company, you, your approach is that it is approachable because I'm someone personally who is a little intimidated. I mean, I'm, I'm, I definitely have a lot of fear when it comes to like the unknown. I like to control, I like to control things and keep them all sort of like predictable. And, you know, uh, obviously this sort of thing would intimidate me naturally, but I love that you are making it approachable and allowing people to join in that profound immersive experience, but also not taking them too past the point of their own comfort zone where they're going to feel completely like out of control. So really, I think that's really smart. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, are the people that are joining you, are they any level of outdoor experienced people? Yeah, we, we definitely had like a range in Iceland. And I know probably for every trip moving forward, like there will always be a range. Mm -hmm. And honestly, one of the things that I learned from this last trip was um, in a lot of ways, mindset, and being able to find that grittiness that's needed to move through challenge was actually, I think for a lot of people, more valuable than their physical ability. Yeah. So being able to move through something difficult mentally, Mm -hmm. those who were able to do that, despite what their physical ability was, um, were able to move through things that were challenging easier. Mm -hmm. Even if there was someone else who might be, I'm going to use air quotes because you never know someone's physical ability just by like looking at them, but Um, but for someone who maybe has more experience or more, um, easy physical ability that if the mental part became a challenge, that that would be a lot harder. So it was very good point. Yeah. It's definitely very interesting. So like, yes, for these types of trips, they are physically demanding, or at least the, the, you know, Iceland was, and this next one I'm doing, and I'm not sure quite what the next one will be, um, so I, I don't know about that, but yeah, there's definitely a level of like physical activity and, and physical fitness that you would want to be there to be safe and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and positive mental attitude and being able to sort of like dig into, you know, inward to find some strength when things are challenging mentally, uh, that serves you, in my opinion, often maybe even more than your physical ability. Totally. And I imagine that. that someone who's like, and I am not this, but I imagine someone who's like an ultra runner or like an iron man or like iron woman would say the same thing. They're like, I couldn't physically do it. I could just mentally hang in there mm-hmm. more than the next person, you know? So oh, I yeah. feel like in some ways, um, yeah, being in the outdoors and experiencing whatever you're going to get that day is a lot of a mental game more than a physical one. And the fact of um, something being uncomfortable doesn't make it wrong. Like it can be, it can be uncomfortable and it can still be okay and not wrong. You know, I think we sometimes get into that, like this is, you know, kind of contracted and panicked and think like, oh my gosh, something is wrong, you know, because I'm uncomfortable. Whereas I think you got to kind of mentally, like you said, dig in and kind of train yourself that it's not going to be forever and this is going to be okay. And you know, that you are okay, even if it is uncomfortable. So yeah, I can, I can see that being the case for sure. I mean, I definitely am, I'm in awe of, yeah. I mean, everybody that is, is signing up and going and and just you leading them. Cause that's a big, I mean, that's a lot of space to hold for, for people mm-hmm. that are kind of for the, maybe not, you know, seasoned people to be out. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I love my these hope bigger is- journeys. Yeah, my hope is definitely on those types of trips for people, like I said, to just like feel really proud of themselves afterwards, yeah. that whatever level they came in at, um, and I'm not targeting targeting them to like people who do this all the time necessarily, like mm-hmm. it's people who are like, they aspire to do that. And they say, I want to do that. I don't know if I'm the person who can do that, but I'm willing to like 
try. I'm willing to give it a go because my desire is there. And that's really what I was explaining to you about, like, for instance, that first solo hike, I was like, okay, my desire is there. I feel way back here. How do I fill in the gap? And so my hope is to kind of be that gap. Like, let me help you get outdoors and do something challenging. And like, but in a safe contained space Mm -hmm. with, you know, a trained guide in that area. And like, you're not all on your own, um, but you have the space to sort of like build that resilience and like find who you are in that experience um, safely and with a, with a group of people who are also experiencing the same thing. Totally. And just knowing you and, and feeling your, your energy, I would feel like you, you just feel like you've got it. Like you have this energy about you that like, look, I'm not promising it's going to be easy, but I got you and you know, you're going to be okay and you're going to make it. And I think that's just, and, and also like the preparation, like you said, like, I think that also makes people feel at ease when they are with somebody that's really grounded and present and doing things to prepare. And all of that is such a, you know, part of your medicine that you're, that you're offering to people and yeah. in these maybe more, you know, adventurous places. So that's so cool. I love that so much. And I love that this has become your passion meets your purpose meets an actual thriving business. And, you know, that is so inspiring in of itself and, you know, helping people to maybe see that the thing that they love can actually be something that they then share and spread and help other people with as well. And, you know, when you, did you feel like, was that sort of, and I think you, you did touch on this, but like, was that sort of like a mental, like, this is the direction I'm going, I'm going to be bringing people in and we're going to do this together. Or did it just kind of more naturally unfold and evolve? I mean, I think both. Mm -hmm. I think kind of a little bit of both. Like I'm very much an intentional and strategic person in a lot of ways. And I first, and I sometimes have to remind myself of this, not to like get ahead with ideas, but Mm -hmm. to like, where am I at now? And like, what's, truly pulling on my heart and what is fueling and filling me now and like moving through that chain of curiosity Mm -hmm. and um and desire and then allowing a little bit of space for things to reveal themselves and you know historically I have absolutely been somebody who like can have tons of ideas and want to implement 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 but then sometimes there's like the integration is missing, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's been a big part of my practice within my business and everything I do is like checking in very often to make sure I'm integrated in what I am doing before I offer it. And then when I look to offer something, is it actually truly aligned with, um, yeah, with, with where I'm at right now. And if it's not, then maybe it's a good idea, but maybe it's not for me, or maybe it's not Mm -hmm. for me right now. Like I have a, you know, we got a notes app. You can shelf a lot of things for later. (laughs) So, um, I, it's definitely a dance of, of both, but I'm always leading with my own desire and curiosity Mm -hmm. first. And then from there, um, you know, things kind of unfold. Absolutely. And everything, feels from my, you know, again, my perspective or, you know, from the observer, it's like so seamless. It's so natural. Like it makes so much sense and just feels so right to, to see you in your element and to see how, yeah, you're giving that gift to other people of being able to stretch and grow and and connect with nature in a way that, yeah, maybe, I mean, we all need obviously, but maybe something, I mean, that really sets us up to have more connection with ourselves. Like you said, more connection with our own intuition and therefore be able to guide ourselves, you know, in our everyday life and having that ability to step out of the constant mental checklists and doing and all of that is actually a productive thing to do. And I love that you're showing people that, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about or share as we're wrapping up? i I'm so interested in all of this. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, really, I just hope people take away whatever it is that they need 
at that time. Like for some people, it might be the reminder to just look out the window and take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. For some people, it might be going on a hiking trip to Machu Picchu for five days and really immersing in nature. There isn't a better or Mm -hmm. worse. And that is something that I definitely like to stress is that it's not you start here and you end there. It's you start wherever you are and you move from there where whether that is tiny steps or big steps um you know i know it's really easy for people we kind of talked about this but to have like fomo of like well i don't right. live somewhere or i can't afford to do a trip like that or and then they feel like they do nothing because of it and my hope is that more than anything i'm sharing with people and opening their awareness to the shifts and the changes that are so small and seemingly not, you know, not much that can really shift a lot. Um, and that those small shifts and changes really like compound over time. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And so true. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to download the walking meditation. So tell people how to do that. Yeah, I will. Sure. So, um, whether you're on my website, there's a link to it there or um, on my Instagram link in bio, you can find it. You just enter your email and I will send you the free walking meditation. It's 20 minutes. You can take it outdoors anywhere in the world you are, whether you are in a city or in the wilderness, it doesn't matter. It just prompts you to think, to notice, to breathe, to use your senses and hopefully just feel really grounded and connected by the end of it. So definitely welcome you. It's free to download. Um, And if you have any questions about any of this that I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. especially if any of it feels very like new to you, or if you had any, like, I don't know, thoughts, um, feel free to share them with me. I love chatting with people about this kind of thing. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at Meredith Hewinson. And that's where I am most of the time. Uh, Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes uh, so that everybody can make sure they get the right spelling and everything. But that's, yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment. And I appreciate you being here and telling us all about this because I think it's so, so cool and needed and awesome. Um, So thank you, Meredith. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. And so good to see you. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post on social media, or leave a rating and review. It would mean the world to me. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me over on Instagram at feelgoodwithrenee. Thanks again, and I will see you next time.